Ahoy and welcome in to another mind-expanding episode of Not Allowed to Die, your podcast about mental health, where I, Dan Magler, social worker and life enthusiast, answer your questions about mental health. Alongside me, as always, is Mariska, the three-toothed Patterdale Terrier, and she is licking her paws in the background, and we know what that means. When Mariska is licking her paws, it means we can be doing a little bit of a better job rating and reviewing the podcast and following it, and most importantly, telling a friend, because we know our friends need better mental health. And if you and if any of your friends have any questions about mental health, remember that you can email me and Mariska at daniel.makler at live.com. Mariska is particularly excited because she loves it when we have guests. She's very warm, she's very welcoming. And I apologize to all of you in advance if my voice is a little off. I've been coaching my son's uh, lacrosse team and that involves a lot of shouting across wide open fields. So anyway, but my, my hopefully my guests will forgive us for that because tonight we have Dr. Pravina, and she's a certified mental health and awareness practitioner and works with parental narcissistic abuse victims. She's created a framework known as the Narcissistic Victim Empowerment Technique, NVET, to help victims find the freedom from manipulating and controlling thoughts of toxic parenting. She also sits on the board of the Malaysian Mental Health Association. So we are so excited to have you. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to working in this very interesting field. Hello. Thank you so much, Daniel, for having me here. So um, the question is my journey. Mm -hmm. I would like to start with uh, in my childhood days, I was brought up by, I just realized three decades later that I was brought up by narcissistic parents. Uh, to begin with, I'm an adopted child. Uh, one that I got to know at a very uh, young age, somehow or other figured it out. And um, it was covered up with the little lies here and there. The thing with, uh, with growing up with narcissistic parents is you can never know that it was a normal environment until at one point of a time where there's, there's something that triggers, an event that triggers you. So how was my childhood? I was brought up to to appreciate parents for whatever they do, whatever they say, you're not supposed to you know, go against them or answer them, not even go against you. You know, just saying a word or two against them is also a big sin. You know, the word mm. sin and grateful is, is always used interchangeably to, to evoke that certain emotions of guilt, mainly guilt, a lot of shame and also fear so much of fear in it by by means of something unknown if you do this the sin will accumulate if you do this god is watching if you do this you know that kind of the fear of unknown has always been instilled mm. and in order for me to also another one more thing is to grow up being not good enough so whatever that i do whatever that i achieve whatever that i try to prove myself worthy of has never been appreciated not that I needed something to, to, or not that I expected something in return. It's just that the word of encouragement, motivation, acknowledgement has never been there. So mm -hmm. naturally, my defense mechanism was to try to prove them that I'm worthy enough, that I'm a good daughter. So I would like to use this term as like the best daughter in the world. So this is what I had in, in my young days. At that age, I always thought that I should be the best daughter in the world. 
And uh, to make a long story short, there's a lot of uh, incidents in between. That is, no, I don't want to bore our listeners here. But just to make a long story short, when you are constantly in the mode of, you know, a defensive mode, wanting to be good enough, wanting to prove something to everyone, wanting to be, wanting to be the best. And I don't know at that time what is the term best. Being best could be in many other ways. You see, you can be a, the best child, the best attitude. For me, being best is being a people pleaser, being a parent pleaser. Not a people pleaser, but a parent pleaser. So I did everything that I could to please my parents. And that, in my definition, was the best daughter in the world. And when you have narcissistic parents who are demanding and their demand constantly grows, life takes a toll on you it gets really 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 tiring it gets really um there's a lot of uh, unexplained fatigue here you wake up every day wondering what is going to happen today every day you wake up you wonder is there going to be a fight today what am i supposed to say to not trigger a fight uh, am i supposed to behave a certain way um, you know act a certain way so there's this there's a lot of uncertainties every day, day to day, you have to battle this. And one point of a time, you get really, really tired. And uh, uh, this was when I was uh, a young adult and things constantly kept on being the same. There was, there was no changes in my life. In fact, it was much, much more um, burdening in that sense. I became the sole breadwinner of the family after my uh, father lost his contract and things. And uh, the demands were growing. I was working. I was also continuing my studies at the same time, supporting the family at the same time. Demands were growing. So I had multiple jobs at hand and uh, you know, multiple demands to meet. And yet every day you wake up with taunting, with, with shouts and vulgarity and abusive words. And it takes a toll on your mental health. Mm -hmm. At one point of a time, there was a... There was an incident in my life where I, I really thought of committing suicide and I actually attempted it. It just didn't work out. It was not a miracle of the time. I just wanted to you know, crash on, on, <laughs> towards the truck in front of me, but my sedan ran out of fuel. Well, I'm glad it did, by the way. So <laughs> continue on. I'm glad it was a non-completed attempt, but continue on. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. So at that time, there was actually a loud voice commanding me to stop. It was an inner voice commanding me to stop. And it was very loud and clear. And I was taken aback. And at that same time, the sedan ran out of fuel. And at that point of a time, something just came into me, some sort of a clarity. The clarity that I'm talking about is just to not overthink about the situation just to go with it and go with the flow. That was my first step of, you know, realizing this. And uh, although situation remained the same, but I was able to process my inner thoughts to not, to not overthink the situation and just to, to be laser focused on what I want in life. And after a few years, I got married to the man of my choice, which was a big no-no uh, in my culture, or at least in my family, which is filled with the, drama i managed to break free from that cycle and the realization moment came to me when i accidentally discovered the term narcissism 
So when I discovered this particular term narcissism and I started reading about it, that's when I realized that my life was not normal. Even after marriage, even that, that first few months, I I was not able to put a finger on the situation. One thing, I was not able to understand what was going on with my parents, with my mom, with the environment that I mean, why am I feeling so tired of life? I don't know until I accidentally came across this term narcissism. And when I started reading, all these terms came into, came, gave me a realization moment, like an aha moment, gaslighting, triangulation, manipulation, projection, all these terms sort of, you know, gave me that, that sense, oh my God, there is such a person, there is such a trait and there is something called narcissism and that's what i've been experiencing and i also realized that it's actually a vicious cycle it's so difficult to get out of it especially when people play with your emotions guilt shame fear emotional blackmailing all these things comes in the package of narcissistic narcissistic personality disorder and that's when i realized that i have this knowledge and i started reading and taking courses and mastering this this particular personality disorder first the next step was for me to get out of it so after learning all these things and using my own life experience i decided to to get out of this vicious cycle and then i realized there are many many people out there who needs help so here I am right now as a certified mental health and awareness practitioner, as what you've introduced me earlier, to, to genuinely help people out of this, because I know this is not an easy thing to do. Well, yeah. And you, for so many of my clients who have parents who are narcissistic or parents who have borderline or parents who are in one of these personality disorders, you mentioned that term gaslighting. And the first thing that will happen to them is they will gaslight themselves because their parents, they've grown up with being gaslit by their parents where they're told that anything that they wanna do that's different from what their parent wants is selfishness. So how does a person though tell if their parent is truly narcissistic or if it's just a little bit of selfishness? Because we all as parents, we have some selfishness. So what are some of those lines? Like you mentioned the exhaustion. So one of the things a lot of my clients will feel is this sense of being drained all the time if they're around their parent. But what's some, what are some other things that people should look for so they can tell? Is this, might I be having a parent with a personality disorder or is it just, you know, normal parenting, maybe a little bit selfish? So what are some hallmarks? In my personal experience, how do you recognize a person with, with just this narcissistic trait? Like what you mentioned earlier, Daniel, narcissism is actually a spectrum. There's mm -hmm. this a lot of this gossiping, gaslighting, emotional blackmailing, every one of us do it. We we are all normal human beings and these are certain traits that everybody does this. But how do you actually define that the parent is an, an NPD, the person with a personality disorder? In my personal experience, a narcissistic personality disorder person will not be able to realize that they are narcissist mm -hmm. um, if you get what i mean in the sense that they genuinely believe that they are above everyone mm -hmm. it is it is uh, an undeniable truth it's a fact for them so any attempts of knocking sense to them say you're so tired you're so drained you're so you're so um, 
out of your wits trying to trying to comply to their demands and you start you you want to do a table talk with them so you have everything ready you want to do a table talk with them so this is what i've tried so when i when you tell me this i i can totally relate that's why when when somebody says something about narcissistic parents i think i know every event and scenario that <laughs> that can you know relate to that person so what happens here is that you try to do a table talk and everything that you try to reason out will never be accepted or never be given as the slightest consideration the worst case is the whole discussion the whole table talk thing will turn against you and by the time you know you will be the person that's been blamed for everything and the worst case is you forgot why you had the table talk at the first place so the whole thing turns the the, the subject who initiated the discussion will become the the person to be blamed for so this narcissist is a very um cunning unconsciously they are very cunning people where they can actually turn and twist every sentence of yours to go against you so a person with npd in my personal experience is they do not realize that they are narcissists they right. truly truly believe that they are above everyone and everything right a healthy i often have clients who are worried that they might be narcissistic and i'll say a narcissistic person would never worry about that um because they they would never think of themselves as, so if you're worried about are you narcissistic you might have some traits but you are not a narcissist by definition because Narcissists can't like in, in any personality disorder, this difficulty with accepting responsibility is what I hear you saying, like yes. of acknowledging that I have made a wrong choice. I may have hurt your feelings and then I can repair that. So if you have if you think back for the listeners, listeners, if you think back to dealing with parents and it's possible you had a parent that just never made a mistake. But most as a parent, I make mistakes all the time. And if your parent could never own it and, you know, as Dr. Bravina is saying, if they're if they are always twisting it on you and making you the one that was responsible for anything negative. And particularly people with one thing that's that in my experience separates people with narcissism is they can also be charismatic. Is that your experience as well? That sometimes these narcissists get like, cause you would say, well, why would you want to be around that person? But sometimes they can come off as very confident and they can draw people in because of this confidence they radiate. Is that correct? This is something called healthy narcissism, although I, I do not advocate that that much. But healthy narcissism is there. The thing is, these people, they radiate confidence and things. But the fact is, this is a very surface level characteristic. As they draw you in and, and say you, you are in their close uh, circle of friends, sooner or later, you will get that, that vibe of the narcissism in them that comes out. Confidence is one thing. Example, they tend to manipulate conversations. Example, they tend to dominate you or your situation. Example, they belittle you. So this is something that is masked with that confidence. You know, so this is a, a narcissist will never be able to hide their true personality. Whatever that is superficial, whatever that they show themselves to be, eventually when you get closer to them, you will realize there's something off there. Yeah. And if they, they may do kind acts, but they'll do kind acts only to benefit themselves and their ego. Is that accurate? Or Yes, yes, definitely. Narcissists, they, they think about themselves too much, too much of importance to themselves. Nothing else matters. 
very much lack in empathy in their behavior in their attitude yes you're right so what kind of damage for, for for people who grow up with this narcissistic parent what kind of symptoms might they develop later in life as or if they're looking at what are you seeing in the people that you're working with and trying to help to overcome the difficulties of childhood of being raised with someone like that with people that i work with they the biggest issue is that they fall into a relationship with the narcissist mm. it becomes a cycle simply because when they were growing up they needed someone to to validate their actions behaviors it's kind of a, like a comfort zone for them to have a narcissist around them so when they grow up unconsciously subconsciously they choose a partner who has the traits of a, their parents their narcissistic parents so they fall back into that loop and and it's it's kind of difficult for them to come out of it Yeah. I have a client right now. I'm going to talk to her tomorrow night and she's in this exact situation. So I'm so excited to be talking to you because I want to know. So what are now when you've got this person and she keeps she she always ends up in relationships with people both of her parents were narcissistic, both her mother and her father, and she finds she still finds herself somewhat clinging this this last relationship she had. She still finds herself craving this man even though he never really cared about her. He only cared about himself. So how do you help a person? What are some steps in your system that you've created that you do to try to help a person break away from that pattern? So you see always when this kind of cases come to us the problem is not with the narcissistic person the problem is with themselves. Mm-hmm. So the question that you have to ask them is it's always this inner questioning nothing no, nobody can help you except yourself. so you have to ask that person whether why are they still hanging on to the relationship what is this guy giving you that you can't provide it for yourself when people start questioning themselves it is actually a remarkable thing to do because when you start looking into your your subconscious thoughts your your thought pattern your rational thinking will will kind of take over but it requires practice it's not easy because we are always attached to emotions for me emotions is one thing that gives uh, um the person it's not a leverage at all it just muddles things up so for your patient your client ask her why is she in that relationship make it a very logical straight to the point approach cut off all this other emotion that comes with it and ask her what is there in this relationship that she needs to she needs to hang on to that person is not giving you any thoughts or it's not he's not bothered about you do you need to put yourself at that position don't you think that you are worthy enough so there are some exercises that you can do worksheet affirmations and things like that it starts with loving yourself the more you torture your thoughts with with um, um emotions such as uh, sadness jealousy all this all this burdening emotions you are actually doing it uh, it's an unjust thing to your body your mental well-being is being burdened and it is it, it will also affect your body in that sense so the first person that you need to love is yourself mm-hmm. a logical approach ask her what is there in this relationship if there is something that that person is giving her can she find it elsewhere Is there something that you can do to find it elsewhere? Mm-hmm. 
that kind of a thing. So active questioning would be the, the step to, to actually get this person out. And also the most important thing that I tell my clients is if you come to me for, you know, to, to heal or from your childhood trauma, the first thing is you must be willing to, to accept the help. Mm -hmm. Now, what about the challenge though of accepting healthy love? Because for this client and for other clients that I've worked with, and I, even for yourself and your own experience, was it challenging for you? Because you've had you had this model growing up of love being toxic, you know, it always being combined with it. So for, for some of my clients, they almost feel like when when healthy love comes their way, they feel either not worthy of it or they feel like they find themselves pushing it away or self-sabotaging it because they're afraid that they're, they, they're not enough. So how do you help clients or even for yourself? Was that a challenge for you in any way when you met your husband and whatnot and found this person who was just trying to love you in a, in a healthier way? So um, there are two scenarios here. It's either you, you crave for that healthy love and you grab it quickly Another one more challenge is to always question, this thing seems to be too good to be true. It, it's going to go away soon. So I had that as well. I've also seen people with, with this kind of a questioning. They, they tend to refuse that, that they are not worthy enough. And life has never treated them well. So uh, someone genuinely loving them is not, not acceptable. For this, the first thing to do is, again, to have that self-love. When you start loving yourself, it doesn't matter if that person who comes in, if the person is loving you enough, the person will wait for you. Sometimes you are just not ready to open up. In order for you to open up, you have to start loving yourself first. Believe that you are worthy enough. So that also begins with um active questioning, asking yourself whether you're worthy enough of love and be, be that, that person who loves yourself first. And if there's someone coming you, coming towards you to give that, that healthy form of love, that person will surely understand. And if you need time, you take all the time that you need to cure yourself within. Then if you feel that that person is genuine enough, then start accepting it. But again, self-love first. So self-love and then being a little bit patient with yourself, being a little bit skeptical. And then when you're really feeling it, taking there. How about yes. another, another challenge that a lot of my clients who have narcissistic parents have is with what boundaries, maintaining boundaries with these parents, if they're, and in your experience with narcissistic parents, do, you, do people often have to just cut them off completely? Because, you know, some of my clients have had to cut their parents off completely and others still maintain a relationship, but they have to do a lot of preparation work before every time they see them or do other things like that. So do you have any tips for people who are now adults and they're no longer living with those parents, but how to, how to navigate a relationship with a narcissistic parent in your adulthood? Any thoughts on that? So there are, again, two ways, like what you've mentioned, completely cutting cords with them or to maintain a platonic relationship, a very neutral relationship. And you mentioned also preparations. I've been there. I've seen people who've been there too. Lots of preparations. In my case, preparations would be white lies. Mm. When, when you start trying to establish a boundary, when you go to your parents' house, you can never be the, the new self. They, they will not 
accept that they will not radiate with it and there'll be tauntings and abuse and these are things that usually happen. So if it's not possible to cut cords, maybe they are still depending on you for certain financial provision and things like that. The only preparation that you need instead of white lies or, you know, trying to be trying not to be yourself, the only preparation that you need is the ability to grey rock internally and externally. So what is externally? To not process any of their words. Because they are now powerless. They do not have the power to control you, to manipulate you. You are off that. You have to tell yourself that you are you're off that. The words will not matter anymore. That would be external. So when they taunt you, abuse you, ask you why have you changed, why are you doing this, that, that, trying to, trying to control you, trying to order you to do things, you just do not process it. Just be uh, unreactive. If that's a word, right? This, this unreactive. Just be unreactive and and just say yes, yes, or just move on. And if they start abusing you too much. If it's becoming uh, something that is unbearable and grey rocking doesn't work anymore, just walk away from that situation. Walk away from that place because nobody must be allowed to abuse you. You should not allow yourself to be abused. You do not give them that power. That would be external. Internally, after hearing all this abuse and taunts, you are pretending to be strong and you, you are unreactive and you walk away from that situation. But when you get back home or while you're, while you're driving, you keep on thinking about that scenario. That is not true grey rocking. True grey rocking only works when, when that thing happened at that time. It is at that moment, it's gone. Once you step out of the house, it's over. You have so many other things to think in your uh, you, know, you have so many other thoughts going on. You will not give, uh, uh, you do, do not give two shits about whatever that they say. So sorry about the language. Well, that's fine, yeah. Yeah. So you don't give two shits about it and it's done. So that mm -hmm. is the internal grey rocking part that you have to master. I, I believe the internal grey rocking is much, much more important. External is your first step, but after that, even in your day-to-day -day activity, your daily activity, do not give them a single minute. Do not give them a single thought because that is also a way of empowering their words. And you do not have time to waste. You have wasted so much of time with them. There's, you do not donate your time to them anymore. So that's, that's my take on how to maintain these healthy boundaries is to grey rock internally and externally, if you have to maintain, still maintain a relationship with them. And then are there other, are there misconceptions that you hear about, like, or in, that you when working with clients or things like that, or just about narcissism generally or surviving and growing up from that? Do you find, like, what are things that you're hearing that you have to help correct your clients or people you're helping, whether it's self-blame or other things? Is there anything about, you know, dealing with narcissistic parenting that you're, that are either misconceptions or, you know, just commonly held beliefs? The biggest misconception with adult children of narcissistic parents that I've heard and worked with is the guilt. The guilt of not doing the right thing. So the right thing is also in inverted commas here. What is right? The word right is subjective. 
so when i tell them to you know to just do this maintain your boundaries this and that and and uh, gray rock and they just cannot accept that it requires a lot of work on their part to to actually start doing this simply because they are guilty when they are guilty they feel that parents we should not do this to them you know they have brought me up they have taken care of me they have given me shelter they are my guardians so for them that guilt part is something it's very very difficult to overcome they are conditioned to think that way mm-hmm. so when i tell them i have to tell them this it's a parent's responsibility to give the child all basic necessities clothing a place to stay education when you are a parent you also sign up for having sign up for all this the child is your dependent and it is the duty of a responsible parent to do this so a child should not be subjected to hold or to be responsible to to take care or to to taking care of the parent is definitely a respons- the responsibility of the child in case if the, the parent is disabled or they need some help but to carry that 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 uh, burden of being grateful every step of their life is not the duty of a child they have to get it in their head in that sense you have to understand the 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 normal duty of a parent and the normal duty of a child what is the boundary there that is very very important for them to to recognize first so by helping them to see that it's an unrealistic standard that they're applying to themselves in their own history and past sometimes they can start to break away from that i always tell my clients like you're stealing guilt that doesn't really belong to you stop stealing and hanging on to guilt that isn't yours this shouldn't be your guilt but yes as you say a lot of times it takes a lot of repetition and showing them intellectually from a different perspective that that's going on. yes so where where can people learn more about you your practice and how do people get in touch with you that kind of thing can you tell us a little bit more about that and the different work that you're doing So I mainly help uh, adult children of narcissistic parents to to get out of this uh, guilt shame and fear cycle and uh, the cases that I deal with is for those with narcissistic parents but also those with narcissistic partners some mm-hmm. cases that come to me are parents and partner so it's a it's a situation that where they have to actually take charge of their life So information about me I have my website it's called um it's uh, www.drpravina.com it's spelled as d r dash pravina p r a v e e n a.com and uh, you can download my freebie from there it's a 66 page guide to a 14 days to an empowered journey so it's it's a practical guide that talks about what you need to do what are the first few steps that you need to do to start healing from narcissistic parents so you can go to my website and download that freebie and if you're ready i always emphasize this daniel only if you're ready to take charge of your life only if you want to make that change happen 
then book a call with me. It's a 30 minutes transformation session. Let me see, let me listen to your issues and see how we can work together. Because I'm very, very selective about the clients that I work with. I've done a lot of this um, pro bono work, Daniel. There's this, in my journey of this um, um, dealing with adult children of narcissistic parents, the biggest challenge is when they, they are only there to lament. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times they come and tell their woos, but when I ask them, what do you want to do to change? There's no answer. Mm -hmm. So only if you're willing to take charge of your life, book a call with me, a 30 minutes transformation session. Let's see how we can, uh, how I can help you deal with your situation. And if you really want to come out of it, I know the exact steps to actually come out of that situation. But only if you're willing to hear, only if you're willing to take action. Well, I, I hope people do because growing up with a narcissistic parent and then particularly those people who also end up with narcissistic partners it is it's like their life is being stolen away and their time is being stolen away and they're only going to start to live their own lives when they can set those boundaries and start to break away and not every therapist and not every person has your kind of experience in that firsthand experience and the experience with helping people with this very particular kind of situation and so I think it's really important for clients to be understood. And I think that's something that you've got that, that not everyone can offer. So I think it's fantastic that you've taken your experience and you're using it to help other people escape from this cycle. And because everyone I've worked with who's had this narciss a narcissistic parent situation, these are wonderful people who've been taken advantage of. And it, it, isn't, it doesn't mean, and here's the thing that people need to understand. It doesn't matter if it wasn't your parents' fault that they, they, they formed that way. It doesn't matter if you don't want to blame them. The point is, if they're not giving you your needs and if you have a hole inside, you need to learn to heal from that hole. And so finding the right people to do that with is so important. Well, any other messages you want to give to uh, the Not Allowed to Die audience before we uh, sign off? Life is short and it's beautiful. Stop giving your thoughts or start, stop allocating your thoughts to other people. Start living for yourself, especially people with narcissistic parents. They had their childhood stolen from them. Something that you cannot get back. But right now, the choice is always yours. This very moment, the li your life is within you. It's in your hands. So take charge of it and live the best version of yourself every moment, every day. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending time with Mariska and me and for sharing with our audience. And if listeners, if you have questions for me, please do check out Dr. Pravina's website and whatnot. But if you have questions for me, remember to email us at daniel.magler at live.com. And remember to do whatever it takes to get you through this world. The only rule is you are not allowed to die.